You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. There's good things happening. We're in a series called Let Us Pray, and um, so we're going to talk about that today. But if you guys heard, uh, a lot of people will say that a, an overnight success will generally take five to ten years. An overnight success will take five to 10 years. So, so we all see the successful business. We all see the prize, but we don't see the pain. And some of us just want to go straight to the prize without going through a little bit of pain or going through a process to get to the success. But I know Pastor Jeff, Pastor Charles was talking about his business. I know there have been some hard times. I know there's been some late nights, some early mornings, some battles to overcome, some things to learn, some prayers to pray. There's been some battles that, that we have to fight as business people that you and I will never see. We only see the success. We only see the success. But there are some things done in secret that we'll never see. People will look at professional athletes and they'll say, oh, he just got a gift from God. He just got a gift. You just got a gift. And they, and they basically put all of their success on the fact that they have a gift and they completely ignore the fact that they went through a lot of pain, process, and practice behind the scenes. They, they forget to, to remember or see or acknowledge the thousands of reps in the gym, the thousands of hours that were put in behind the scenes. I remember I used to go to, with a, a coach of mine in high school to a house in Poway back in, uh, it had a batting cage in the back, and we would hit thousands and thousands and thousands of balls that no one ever saw. People would look at me and say, oh, you just got a gift to play baseball. But I'm like, you, don't, you didn't see the thousands of reps in the gym. You didn't see me get up at 530 when I was in high school and come home before, before I went to school and work out. You didn't see that time. You didn't see after the game when I went to the gym when no one was there but me. You didn't see those, those things. You just saw the success. And so we want the prize, but we don't want to pay a price in the secret. The truth is secret success brings public influence. Secret success brings public influence. The title of this message this morning is The Secret. The Secret. Not the secret that we all have heard about where you put thoughts into a mindless, powerless universe and believe that it's going to give you something back. Not that kind of a secret. It's a different kind of a secret. I believe that the secret to your and I's success is to have success in secret, in the secret place. Matthew 6, 6 says this, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And Jesus is talking about all the hypocrites and all the religious people that would stand on the corners of the streets and pray these long, powerless, rehearsed prayers and that they would, they would say, look how cool I am. I can pray. I can pray to God. I'm this religious person. I'm wearing this cool gown. I can pray. But they were getting no results because it was just a religious, powerless prayer. He said, don't be like them because they've already got their reward because people saw them. If you want public success or public influence, go into your room, into the secret place. And the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. The secret to our success is to have success in secret. And I love how God doesn't say when I, when I see or when I hear in the secret place. He says what I see in the secret place. It almost doesn't matter what you say. God is looking for people who are committed to a relationship with him. People that are willing to set aside time and go to a place to separate themselves and seek 
God and see Jesus. And he says, when I see you there, I'm going to reward you openly. You need a private relationship with God so that when you pray, you get public results. People will look at Awakened Church and they will say, oh, the reason they have Awakened Church is because those Australians, they really know how to preach. They must have been given all those buildings. But they failed to look at what Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, what kind of price they paid in secret, what kind of battles they fought in secret, what kind of wars they had to go through in secret so that Awakened Church could have public influence. I saw probably, I don't know, 300 miracles over the last couple of years praying for people. But it didn't just happen. Years ago, I decided that I was going to start to believe God for the miraculous. And so in the secret place, I would write down healing scriptures and miracle scriptures. And instead of just asking for God to bless me, I would go on walks and I would declare scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture and believe God until I declared it so much I started to believe it. Because everything you say, you hear. And if you continually, whatever you continually hear, you will eventually believe. And so I decided to declare healing scriptures so that, so that when I got to a public place, I would have success when I prayed for people. It doesn't happen all the time, but I guarantee if I didn't pay a price in the secret place, I would have no, accept, no success in the public space. We need to be willing to pay a price in the secret if we want to have public influence. I read a tweet years ago from Banning Leafshire. He's with, uh, he was with Bethel back then. And he said, those who become famous in the secret place of prayer are allowed to make Jesus famous in the earth. God isn't looking for those that are standing on the street corner to make them famous. He's looking for the famous people in the secret place. And then he says, I can trust this person. I can trust this guy. I can trust this gal to make me famous in the earth. The secret to our success is success in secret. The reason we have this, this uh, series this week, Let Us Pray, or this month, comes out of James 5, 13. And really, prayer is just interaction with God. It's you talking to God. It's God talking to you. It's you listening. It's you speaking. It's you uh, spending time with him. That's what prayer really is. And I like to think about that because I like to think about the disciples back in the day. Because we pray to God, but they were with God. And so every conversation they had with Jesus is like them interacting with God. It's like them praying to God. When Peter was walking on the water and all of a sudden chaos came and he started to look at the wind and the waves and he got scared and he started to sink, the Bible says he cried out. And then Jesus reached out his hand and picked him up. People say that heaven won't respond unless men and women of God pray. I don't think Jesus would have let Peter sink, but he didn't stretch out his hand until Peter cried out. I wonder what we aren't getting help with because we haven't yet cried out to God, because we haven't yet prayed to God. I think he's willing to stretch out his hand, but he's just waiting for the people of God to pray. He's waiting for the people of God to pray. So in James 5, it says, is anyone among you suffering? And that word suffering means hardship. It doesn't mean sick. It means hardship, you know, lack of peace, problems at work, relational dysfunction, persecution, fear, anxiety, whatever it is, you're facing a hardship. Are any among you suffering? Let him or let her pray. 
Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Let him sing songs. Let him pray can be an intimidating statement if you're suffering and you don't know how to pray. The reason we have this series is because we want to teach and equip you how to pray, but not just how to pray, how to get results, how to get results. If you don't know how to pray, we should see you on Tuesday morning men's prayer, Thursday morning women's prayer, pressing in and believing God. And if you do know how to pray, we should see you at Tuesday morning prayer and Thursday morning prayer so that you can get results for somebody else or teach somebody else how to pray. Let him pray can be intimidating if you don't know how to pray. Most Christians don't really know how to pray. Most Christians, when they pray, don't get results. That's what, I, that's what used to happen to me. That's why I went on the, the journey to find the power of God because I used to pray and nothing ever happened. That's when I got here, I was like, oh my gosh, stuff happens here. They must know how to pray. So I started to listen to how they taught how to pray, what Pastor Jurgen would pray like. I would listen to people. I would catch on the front row, on the altar, every single week because I wanted to hear people pray so that I could learn how to pray. I was hungry to get results when I prayed, not just pray. Most Christians don't know how to pray, so they live on other people's prayer. They live by faith, but on other people's faith. I was reading this scripture years ago. I know it's kind of it's early. This is going to be a little bit in your face, but it's going to be good, I promise. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. When I read this years ago, God spoke to me, and he said, It's the same with prayer. We can't go through our life borrowing other people's prayers because there will come a, to- a time and point in your life and in my life where we need to know how to pray. We need to own our own prayer life. You can't just borrow it from those that already paid the price for your whole life. You got to encounter God for yourself. You got to get faith for yourself. You got to own your own prayer life. Because what happens when you call your lender and he's not available? Let him pray. Let her pray. If we're suffering, let us pray. We got to learn how to pray. The reason we don't get results is not a God problem. It's an us problem. It's never a God problem. God wants to stretch out his hand. He's just waiting for people to to cry out and pray. And the reason he says let him pray or let her pray is because he's not a tyrannical God. He didn't just keep all the power. He's sovereign, but in his sovereignty, Sovereignty has given you power, and he has given you authority to go into the earth and take dominion. Like it says in Genesis 1.26, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. And he doesn't pick and choose who can use his power and who can use his authority. All you got to be is born into the family. And then he says, I'm going to give you the keys. That whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever you allow or disallow, heaven's going to hear you and back you up. Heaven's going to hear you and back you up right when you get saved. How generous is God? Would you give your kids right when they were born any keys to anything? But yet he says, as soon as you get born into the kingdom, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. He's a generous God. He's just waiting for people to turn the key. He's waiting for people to turn the key. Behold, Luke 10, 19, the verse I've preached to you for seems like a thousand times. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing by shall any means hurt you. Nothing by shall, he's given you authority over all the powers of the enemy. 
You have authority. You have power. God has given us all we need. We just got to peel off the flesh and believe him. You ever, you ever uh, gone to the grocery store and bought an onion? And you buy an onion, and as you're holding that onion, it doesn't really smell. It doesn't really make you cry. But you know that on the inside of that thing, there is potency. There is power. Enough power to make a grown man like Pastor Jeff cry. Enough power, enough potency. But as you're holding it, you can't smell it, and it's not making you cry. That doesn't happen until you start to peel away the layers of the onion so you can get inside and you can see the power and feel the power. That's like us. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. That's why John the Baptist said, I must decrease that God might increase. That's why Paul said, let it not be I that live, but Christ that lives in me. You have all the power that you need. You just got to peel away the flesh and believe God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Most of the time when we see Jesus in the New Testament, he's both declaring and speaking to, and he's also praying to God. We, all, we call all of it prayer, but really it's, 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 it's two different things. We're speaking to things directly, and we're saying to things, and we're also praying to God and asking for things. It's kind of it's two different things, but we all call it prayer, which is fine. But in Mark eleven twenty two to 24, this is right after Jesus curses the fig tree. I'm not sure if you remember that story, but he's walking along, and then he went to the fig tree, and the fig tree didn't have any figs. And he, says, he says, no one's going to ever eat from you again. And then the next day, they come around, and the disciples are like, Jesus, Jesus, you cursed that fig tree. Now it's dead. And, he's, and then he answers them like this. And he says, so Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God. Sometimes the Bible is really simple. Have faith in God. You mean we shouldn't have faith in the government? Don't they care about us? We shouldn't have faith in our experience, in our training, in our education. No, he says have faith in God. Shouldn't we have faith in our faith? No, you shouldn't have faith in your faith. Have faith in God. So many of us have faith in our faith, but we don't have faith in God. So we try to muster up all of this faith so that we can have faith in our faith, but he's just saying have faith in God. So many years ago, I, uh, I was, uh, was when we were back at Carmel Valley Middle School, and we were teaching my boys that God can do anything that God can protect you from anything. And they were getting all these visions of lions that were coming and attacking them, and they would cry, and then we'd come in, and eventually we started to teach them how they can pray against lions. And then they started to, you know, we walked in on them one time, and I know my wife's preached this, and, you know, we heard them binding, you know, lions and commanding lions to leave their room and all this kind of stuff. And, and we, we realized that when we were teaching them about God the Father and how he's all-powerful and everything, they had a hard time wrapping their head around it because they're just young kids, and to think that they have a father that they can't see that can protect them from all things is, is kind of hard. And so we kind of shifted it from God the Father to John the Father can do anything. So I became like their protector, and I said, I will protect you from anything. No lion's going to come in this house. I will protect you. No bad guy's going to come and get you. I will protect you. And so, um, so we did all this thing. So they thought I could do anything. Like most kids think their dads can do anything, right? And so they think I could do anything. And so we're walking along uh, at church, and, uh, and they see Pastor Andre Johnson. If you don't know Andre, he's probably 6'3", 260-ish. And so they're like, Dad, can you beat up Pastor Andre? And I was like, Pastor Andre and I are friends, guys. Why would I want to fight Pastor Andre? 
he's a kid's church worker. He's a nice guy. And then they said, I know, Dad, but can you beat up Pastor Andre? <clears throat> and I was like, I will crush Andre. <laughs> and they believed me. They believed me. Don't tell Andre I said that. He's not in this service. But I said, I will crush Andre. See, they didn't have to believe in their faith or their ability. They just have to believe in their father that he could do it. They just had to believe that I could do it. All you got to do is believe that he can do it. You don't got to believe that you can do it. You don't have to muster up all of this faith. You just got to believe that he can do it. <clears throat> For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, say whoever. Whoever in the Greek means whoever. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So whoever says can have whatever he says. Whoever says can have whatever he says. One of the greatest revelations I ever learned in prayer is when you pray, say. The disciples said, Jesus teaches how to pray, and he says, when you pray, say. I don't know about you, but I used to pray in bed, before bed, with my eyes closed, and I'd fall asleep before I ended the prayer. I'd have to wake up and say amen. <laughs> I used to, used to pray with my eyes closed and sitting in a chair, and my mind would wander. I used to pray just sedentary, just sitting or just standing, and I could never get any results. I could never get into it. I could never, uh, I could never feel it. But then when I came here, I heard somebody say, when you pray, say. And so I started to, when I prayed, I started to talk out loud. I started to get to a place where I wouldn't annoy people, and I began to pray out loud, declare scriptures, pray to God out loud. All of a sudden, I found myself being able to focus on what I wanted to pray for, and I started to get and see results. And then I had somebody tell me this story, this scripture, and they said, you don't just talk about the mountain, you speak to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. So many of us pray about the circumstance, about the obstacle, about the mountain, instead of speaking to that thing. Jesus often just spoke two things. He said, be healed. He spoke to demons, come out in Jesus' name. He told Peter, come. He told the wind and the waves, peace, be still. He commanded things. He spoke to things. He didn't just talk about things. So when you, when you say things, speak to the mountain. John G. Lake, one of the heroes of the faith, one of the, one of the greatest healing ministers in the history of the world, said this was his secret. He said for so many years, people would just pray about things, but he just started to speak to the sickness like Jesus did, and sickness started to leave, and people started to get breakthrough. Demons started to flee when he started to speak to the mountain, not about the mountain. But the Bible says you got to believe what you say. You got to believe what you say. Sometimes we practice praying, but we don't practice believing. How do you practice believing? Start declaring the scriptures, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember, everything you say, you hear. So if you were declaring scriptures, all of a sudden you're going to start to believe the scriptures. The other thing I would say is step out and start to do it, because you can act your way into believing faster than you can believe your way into acting. Faith without works is dead. So you got to do something. And as soon as you do something and get results, it sticks in your spirit. All of a sudden, your faith grows. All of a sudden, you, you realize that God is real and God is moving. And if you can't believe for a mountain to move, believe for a mustard seed to move. Start somewhere. Believe God for something. 
and then go from there. So whoever says can have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, next scripture, therefore, I say to you, so he shifts from saying and speaking to to praying to. Therefore, I say to you, whatever, again, he says, whatever, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. First John, it says we receive whatever we ask for because we do his will. We do his commandments. So God's not going to give you things out of his will, but you can't think that his will is small. His will is big. His will is abundant. His, his will is a blessing. He wants you to prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So whatever we ask when we pray, believe that we receive them and you will have them. We just need to start believing a little bit more. We just start needing to believe in a little bit more. Then it goes in verse 6, 14. It says, is anyone among you sick? This is the sick sick, not the suffering. This is the sick sick. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And, he, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Let him call for the elders of the church. This doesn't mean the head pastor. This means a representative of the church. This can be your connect group leader. This can be somebody that is serving in the church. This can be somebody that's representing Awaken Church can come to you. It doesn't have to be the head pastor. In fact, if you're waiting for the head pastor, we got 8,000 people. <laughs> so it might take a little while. I mean, Pastor Yerkes is, is really good and, and really nice, and he really wants to help everybody, but it's a, it's a representative of the church. So call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The reason oil is significant is because oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament, Samuel would anoint David, and then the Holy Spirit would come and empower him to be the king and the priest that David was called to be. So the, the oil is a symbol of the coming of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, 38, it says, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So, so, the, so the anointing of oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and power. But then it says, and the prayer of faith, not the oil, a prayer of faith, not the oil, will save the sick. We can't get caught up in process because what if you don't have oil? It's not the oil that heals people. It's the prayer of faith. The oil is a symbol. It is a touch point for you to attach your faith to. The bread and the juice that we just took this morning, communion, that is not going to heal somebody. But when you remember what Jesus did, it is a symbol that you can attach your faith to and you can see breakthrough with. Because we can see it. We can touch it. We can feel it. We can attach our faith to it. We can picture what's happening when we remember what Jesus did. We can remember the power that he gave us. But I don't want you to get too caught up in symbols and in processes and in templates because you're in different scenarios and different seasons. What happens if you're at dinner and the person next to you has a heart attack? That's happened to me. I didn't have any oil. So what do I tell his wife? Sorry, miss, I don't have any oil. I don't have any bread or juice. Because Mark 16 says, when you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. It doesn't mention oil. It doesn't mention juice. It doesn't mention bread. 
The prayer of faith will save the sick. Whatever you need to encourage you in your faith, use it. But if you don't have it, know that you got the Holy Ghost, and he never leaves you nor forsakes you. We just got to get faith in you. We just got to inject you with faith, Pastor Charles. Prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he has committed sins, then he will be forgiven. You mean you can heal somebody that's not saved? Oh, yeah, you can. In fact, healing is a sign for people to get saved. Your job is to pray. God's job is to raise him up. And then if he has sinned, tell him about the gospel and he can be forgiven. Did you know that Jesus gave his back for your healing before he gave his body for your salvation? You were healed before you were saved. You were healed before you were saved. Don't wait for somebody to get saved before you lay hands on them. Then it says, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another. You might be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of righteous men and women availeth much. Another translation says, produces wonderful results. And it says, Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, he was human like us. He had the same passions and temptations like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. If you read the story of Elijah, when he prayed earnestly for the, for the rains to shut up, you know what he said? He said, it will not rain again except at my word. He spoke to it. He said, it will not rain again except at my word. He was speaking to the weather. He was speaking to the clouds. So he went from saying... And then he went to praying to release the rains seven times. Pastor Jurgen talked about it last week. He prayed earnestly, earnestly seven times. And then he saw the cloud of the size of a man's hand. Remember, and he said, run, it's about to rain. It's about to rain. He has a nature like us. And yet he got those kind of results. The same nature as you and me. We were at La Jolla Shores on Friday and, uh, took the kids there and we walked into this little cave and the, the waves were coming in and it was making this big splash and this, this man walked over to us and he said, you know what, if you come in about an hour at sunset, the, the water's going to be about five feet higher and the splash is going to be about that much bigger. And he says, and don't mess with Mother Nature because Mother Nature always wins. And, I, and, it, and it struck me because I think I've probably over-programmed my mind to believe that God can do anything and that God can do anything through me. So as soon as he said, I didn't say this out loud, but as soon as he said, don't mess with mother nature, mother nature always wins, in my head I said, unless I tell it, it can't. I'm not saying that to be boastful. I'm just saying I have programmed myself. I have renewed my mind that that is incongruent with what the Bible says. Elijah has a nature like ours. So if I want the, the waves to raise five feet, I can tell it to. If I want it to shrink five feet, I can tell it to. He has a nature like you and a nature like me. But wait, it gets better. We don't just have a nature like him. We have a divine nature. 2 Peter 1-4. Put it up. I was on a hot streak. By which 
have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. You and I not only have a nature like Elijah, but we got a nature that is divine because the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Don't be intimidated by let him pray, by let her pray. You're more powerful than you think. And God has put you on the earth to represent him. And here's the deal. You only have until you get to heaven to pray, heaven to come to earth. Once you get to heaven, you're not going to be praying, thy kingdom come, thy will, because his will is already being done. So right now, we have a window of time where you and I can pray, where you and I can declare, where you and I can say, and we can see heaven come to earth. You can bind, and you can loose, and you can declare, and you can see results. Come on, if we want to take San Diego, we need some people that know how to pray. If we want to take and shift things in California, we need some people that know how to pray. If we want to move the United States of America, we need some people who know how to pray. Come on, if you want to change your family, you got to know how to pray. If you want to excel in your business, you got to know how to pray. Let him pray. Let her pray. Let us pray and believe God and whatever you say, you shall receive. Come on, give Jesus one more shout of prayer. Why don't we stay standing? I want to pray for you before we leave. But I want to ask you a question. Maybe you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your life. Maybe Maybe you've lived your whole life and you didn't know you could have a divine nature. The key, my friends, is to invite Jesus into your life. Or maybe you're here and one time you did, but you've kind of, life got crazy. Maybe you're just coming back to church, but you want to get back in line and back into the flow with that divine nature. If you're one of those two people, I want you to be bold and courageous this morning. And just lift your hand right where you are so I can pray for you. Is there anybody like that? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you back there. God bless you over here. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? God bless you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Come on, I want to pray for you. Thank you. Once I see your hand, you can put it down. Over here. Thank you. Over there. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe 10, 12, 15 of you. I want to do something real quick. I want to start a, a little party in here. So I want to invite you to come. You don't have to. It's all good. But I want to invite you to come down because everybody in this building that has made that walk before wants to cheer and party. Heaven wants to party. So if that's you, can you come down to the front? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody like that? Come on down front. I want to pray for you. Come on.
at all these bold and courageous people. So we're going to pray a quick prayer right now. And then I'm just going to pray for you. And uh, you're going to step into a nature that you have never known before. It's a divine nature. And all you got to do is believe. It's crazy to think the God of the universe is going to come into your life right now and right here. And we're all going to pray this prayer with you. And then I'm just going to pray for you quickly. But I want everybody in the building, especially those of you that came up front, just say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today, I invite you into my life, and I declare that I have a divine nature, that I am saved, that heaven is my home, and that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.